titled my message, you are on this planet, this planet of earth, to meet a need. You were not created for your need to be met. Are you here? <laughs> God brought you to this earth. The reason why you are here on this earth is that God created you to meet somebody's need. And I'm going to show you from the scriptures. Because I can tell you about 99%, if not even more, of people live their lives without understanding why God created them and why they are on this earth. And more so, the reason why you're a Christian. So I'm sure that uh, by the time that we finish, God willing, the Holy Spirit himself will speak to you. Why do you exist? By the way, the more you say amen, the more you are blessed, amen. Uh, if you are not a Baptist church, are you a charismatic Pentecostal or a church of Anglican? <laughs> How many of you watched the, uh, the king's uh, coronation yesterday? Mm, yes. The best bit I like is when that small boy stood before him and said, we the children of God, but we the children of the king of kings have come to ask you, what are you going to do? And you know throughout was that he saying, all the vows, different thing was to serve. It's the same message I'm going to give to you today. Why are you what you are? Why did God create you? And if you don't discover that, you will waste your whole life. And uh, when you meet the Lord, it will not be a nice thing. Say, Pastor John, tell me. Pastor John, tell me the truth. Don't lie to me. Uh -huh. So I'll give you the scriptures. You yourself, when you go home, Go and examine it, whether what I've told you, it is true or it is not true, and decide for yourself. So, why do we exist? In the economy of God, nobody exists unto himself. God never saves you or created you for you. In the first place, how many of us here asked to be born? Nobody did. How many of us here chose our own parents? Nobody did. You didn't ask to be born. Somebody called God used the instrument of two persons to give birth to you. Why? There's a reason why. And that is very important. A lot of people go throughout the world, my need this, my need that, I want this, I want that. You know, I didn't ask to be born. Nobody asked to be born. But therefore, there's a reason why you were born. Very, very important. So let's see. Always you go to the book of Genesis to find out the original intent of God on any matter on this earth. Genesis chapter 1. Let's see. I read from verse. This is a two-part message, but I'll try by the help of the Holy Spirit to condense it in one. I'll try. Genesis 1, 26 to 28. God said, let us make mankind in our image after our likeness. And let them have complete authority over the fish of the sea, the birds of the air, to tame the beast, and over all the earth, and over everything that creeps upon the earth. The Bible says, and so God created them. Verse number 28. And God blessed them, and said to them, and said to Lynette, and God said to Caleb, be blessed, be fruitful, multiply, fill the earth, subdue it, Using all its vast resources in the service of God and man. That's why God created you. 
He blessed you and gave you a command. Whatever I have created you to be, you must use it in the service of God and man and have dominion over the fish of the sea, etc., etc. So Jesus said this, John 15, verse 8. When you bear much fruit, when you do what the command of Genesis 1.28 says, when you bear fruit, you are productive, when you are fruitful, when you are impacting God and the people around you with whatever God has graced you with, when you bear much fruit, my Father is honored and glorified. I like the Bible. One of the best ways to understand the Bible is to negate it. Hmm? What is negation? Look at the opposite of it. It means that you and I can never honor God if we are not fruitful. And we are going to find what kind of fruitfulness he's referring to. I pray for you that the Holy Spirit will help you to understand, especially you, the young ones, that you really will understand why you've been created and why you are alive. So that when you are young, you spend all your energies towards what I'm going to teach you today. Jesus said, my father is honored and glorified when you bear much fruit. The question is this, are you glorifying God? Are you honoring God? The only way you can do it is through productivity. You know, there are two kinds of people in this world. You want me to tell you? I said, whenever I'm preaching, if you want me to tell you something, I ask you a question, answer, amen, you can. There are two kinds of people in this world. Those who produce and those who consume. There are some people, I don't want to mention that continent's name. All they want to do is to consume, not to produce. Hmm? If you don't produce, a person who doesn't produce, you know what they call that? They are called primates. You are living at the, the most basal level of, of humanity, which is what? To gather, to hunt, and gather and eat. They don't produce. You are either producing or you are just consuming. Eh? When was the last time you, the young ones, Caleb, Caleb, you are the only name I can remember, so when I use it, means everybody, sorry. <laughs> At home, do you produce or you just consume what the parents bring all the time? What do you produce at home? You cannot be sitting there and be consuming. You must produce. You must clean the house. You must guard the garden. You must do something to be productive in your household. But for some people, all they do is to sit there and just consume. Oh, Lord. It means that you are not bringing glory even to your parents. So, for instance, the way your parents have raised you, let's say they take you to an uncle somewhere for maybe America for two years. The way they've raised you here will show that when you go there, whether you are productive or you are just sitting there to be saved all the time. Uh -huh. Then they'll say that, no, this child, no, 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 no. He's just a consumer. He just comes as if he's entitled. A lot of people, I can tell you more than 99% of the human race. When I say 99%, look at the person next to you. Are you the 1% or the 99%? Ask them. They are just consumers. <laughs> I pray the Holy Ghost will really will help you today. Uh, Matthew 5, I'm just giving you some foundations that God, you did not create you for you. You were created to meet a need. The day you get it, you will live your life different. The way parents get it, they will raise their children different. Verse number 16 of Matthew chapter 5, I read from the Amplified Bible. Let your light so shine. John Mark, are you, did you, are you able to get my thing ready? Thank you very much. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your moral excellence 
your praiseworthy, noble, good deeds. You may see it and recognize and honor and praise and glorify your father. <laughs> I hope you are getting it. Let men see how good you are, <laughs> how you are productive, how you are contributing, so that heavenly father God will be what? Glorified. How do you glorify God? You must be productive. You were created to meet and eat every one of us. Every one of us. In fact, do you know that man, woman was created to meet a need of man? If you're a woman, say, I'm a woman. You know you were created to meet a need of a man? Oh. Uh, Jesus, help me. The Bible said one day, Adam was created minding his business, working hard, tending that God said, it is not good for man to be alone. Because all the animals had what? Companions. But when God looked at man, he was alone. God said he has a need of companionship. That is why women were created. The women, are, women are not saying amen. You see, if you don't understand it, say you marry, you create trouble. The lack of understanding of knowledge makes us make mistake. You were created to meet his need. You say, what about my needs? We'll see about that later. But you were primarily created. Yes, that God said that. That is what God said. I didn't write that. <laughs> so, maybe let's watch a clip that I sent to Jomak. Jomak, is it ready? I want to play that clip somebody sent me, I think, last week or so. It's a simple clip, maybe about a minute or so. Just watch it with attention. Okay, let's play. Let's go. Rivers do not drink their own water. Trees do not eat their own fruit. The sun does not shine on itself. And flowers do not spread their fragrance for themselves. Living for others is a rule of nature. We are all born to help each other. No matter how difficult it is, life is good when you are happy, but much better when others are happy because of you. No tree bears fruit for itself. The rose flowers doesn't shine for itself. The sun does not give heat for itself. Everything God created was to meet a need. And more so you, a human being, me, created in the image of God. Nothing God created was for itself. That tells you something very important. Why? Are you ex Why are you part even of this church? What are you contributing? What are you doing to advance? You know, a lot of people, instead of seeking to make the church healthy, they want the church to be damaged. You, you won't help. You want the thing to be destroyed. God have mercy upon you. The amen is very powerful. You know, at times when you tell truth, at times, uh, 
Yesterday, I was talking to Nikki on Sunday. Nikki said, oh, Pastor uh, John, for you, I'm all black and white. They can't even take it. We were talking about something. <laughs> you must speak truth. Nothing was created for itself. What's your name, sir? I'm a Lulu. You were not created for yourself. You were created because in this world, somebody needs you. That's why God brought you into this world. You might find that thing out and succeed. That's why you must study hard and get in a position that you can help people. Not so you can buy cars and build a house. No, sir. That's what parents should teach children. If you want to wear world champions and history makers, you never want them to go for, to Oxford or Cambridge for that sake. Never. There's a reason. So that clip simply tells you nothing. I was not created for myself. I don't exist for myself. Rivers don't exist for themselves. I'm stressing that because it must enter into our spirit. And I pray that at least one person here can get it. So I want to use two parables in the Bible to illustrate what I'm saying. So the parable of the unfruitful tree. Luke chapter 13. This is a parable of the unfruitful tree. Luke 13, starting from verse number 6. Then Jesus told this story. Jesus, a man planted a fig tree in his garden and came again and again. God is coming to your house. God is coming to this church again and again to see if there is any fruit on it. God comes into your life and check your life on a daily basis, whether there is fruit in your life. But he was always disappointed. I pray God will not be disappointed in the way you are living. Jesus was always disappointed when he comes. Like I told you, 99% of humanity lives for themselves. I'm not joking. If you like do an experiment, just talk to people and find out where people, have you seen anybody coming to you? I want to save humanity. I want to, you know, I don't want to say, man, when did you speak to your friends? I'm serving my husband. I want to serve me. I want to make him the best man. Or you go and say, this is my husband. Pa. He's not giving me time. Oh. You see? <laughs> mm. Again and again. And there was no fruit. But he, and he was always what? Disappointed. Finally, he said to this gardener, I have waited for three years. And there hasn't been a single fig tree. Cut it down. It is taking up space in the garden. It's unfruitful. It's just eating nutrients. My knees, my knees. And it's not bearing fruit for somebody to enjoy. Cut it down. It's a waste of time and space. I'm reminded of some year, uh, a message I listened to by uh, the great man of God, uh, Redeemed Life, uh, Adeboye. He said years ago, he had a friend, very close friend, believers, and the wife was very ill seriously ill and was dying so the friend begged him to come and pray for her so when he got to the he's praying 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 nothing was happening and he, so he stopped and he asked god why you know at time when you are praying things i know you need to stop i was telling people in the um tipping point services is what god tells you in prayer is more important than what you tell god Well, what God tells you eh, when you are praying is more important than what you tell God. So he asked God, why? And God said, I'm not going to heal her. 
because she's unprofitable to me. I have given her chance and chance. She's unprofitable to me. Don't pray. I won't heal her. She says, you beg God. I cry. I beg God. I say, I've told you. I won't heal her because she's unprofitable. Similar to this parable. And then people want to live. Want to live for what? You've been creating trouble in your home all the time. And you, ask, you want to be here to continue trouble in the house. Oh, the place is quiet. Please encourage me a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> I'll preach anyway. I'm so glad that it's not your reponder that will make me talk the truth. <laughs> yeah. And there she ought to go. Exactly what he's saying. Why do I want to live for? Why do I want to live? If my life is not profiting others. Why do I want to be a pastor? If I don't love and want to care, help the people to grow. Why do I want to marry and have children? If I'm irresponsible and cannot raise those children. Why? The gardener answered, sir, please give it one more chance. I pray for somebody today. God is giving you one more chance to be fruitful today. When you hear his voice, harden not your heart as in the days of provocation. Repent and say, God, I have come to my senses. Now I know why you created me. That because of me, somebody's life must be blessed and be changed and be transformed. Oh, sir, give it one more. Leave it one more year. I will give you special attention. God has sent me here to give you special attention. God has given you Pastor Mecca and Nicholas to give you special attention for one more year that you will bear fruit. Not just come to church and get your needs met. You are here to meet a need. Special, I will put plenty fertilizer. You know what fertilizer is? I'm giving you fertilizer, hallelujah. And at times it's not pleasant, but it's very good for you. It was good that I was afflicted that I may learn thy ways, O oh God. If we get fixed next year, fine. If not, then you can come and cut it down. I pray that will not be your portion and my portion. Jesus said, listen to what Christ himself, my will is to do the, the will of him who sent me. Jesus did not come for himself. Even he who is God, he did not come for himself. Listen to what he says in John chapter 6 verse 38. I read from the Passion Translation. I have come out of heaven not for my own desires. Amen. We don't live for our own desires. We live for the desire of the king of kings and the lord of lords. But for the satisfaction of my father who sent me. Are you sent? Ask your neighbor, have you been sent? Everybody has been sent. <laughs> Even to the son that God says in Ephesians 4.28, let the person who steal, steal no more. Let him work industriously so he can make an honest living with his own hands. Why? So that he may be able to give to others. Can you imagine? That's how God said, don't steal anymore. Go and work hard. Have money so you can help others. How many people have you helped? You are brothers, yeah? Okay. <laughs> How many people have you helped? Siblings should help each other. Caleb, you should be helping your, 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 your brother, Josiah. Yes. Be helping them. And they should be helping you. That is why we live. Not because, hey, come and wash my plate for me. No. You should rather go and take his plate and wash it. The amen is very powerful. That's how you train them. Oh, they say it's not my job. It's, that's the spirit of entitlement. I know it's not your job, but go and do it. I'm training you for greater things. 
He said the person who is stealing, they shouldn't steal anymore. They should go and find a job and then have money and then be able to what? Help others. Others. One of the greatest men of God, I think uh, uh, William Booth, the guy founder of uh, Salvation Army, he said this. He was going to preach. He was very old. And I think uh, a big conference, all the big guns were there. In his death, in his dying, he wrote a letter. So they should read it at the conference. They open it, only one word, others. 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 That's why he's alive. That's why you're alive, others. Whenever we lose sight of that, you find that our life becomes miserable. They say even lakes or body of water that stinks, they are body of water that does not what? Flow. They are stagnant. They are unproductive. They just receive. That's why you can be in church and receive for 20 years. You are still doing nothing. Can you imagine how when God comes and looks at you, what he thinks? Forget about me what a human being thinks. Look, you should fear God more than any man. You should respect God more than any person on this earth. I will say it again. No man lives and dies unto himself. To give you a a scripture on that, Romans 14, verse 7 to 8. And I read, even a church does not exist for itself. You know that Medway CLF, you don't exist for yourself. Oh, the amen should have been stronger. You don't exist for yourself. So when you are doing church, when you are part of this, you should know why you are part of this church. You are not doing the pastor any favor by coming to church. Those of you who think so today, be liberated from that thinking in Jesus' name. I don't go to church because I'm doing somebody a favor. Because God said go to church, that is enough for me. So I can hear, be equipped, so I can go out there and make a difference with my life. Romans 14, 7 to 8. For we don't live for ourselves or die for ourselves. I'm giving you plenty of scriptures to underline what I'm going to tell you very soon. Nobody. For we don't live for ourselves or die for ourselves. If we live, it's to honor the Lord. And to honor God is to be fruitful, to be productive. And if we die, it is to honor. Even in death, we are supposed to honor God in our death. So whether we live or die, we belong to God. Please close. So I give you just a few names, and then I'll go to the main parable I want to use to illustrate this. And I will focus in on one person in that parable. So let me give you some example to stir you up. So whatever I'm going to say in the parable, remember this. is because you don't live unto yourself. You must be, you and I must be what? Productive. Let's take Nehemiah. I'm giving you some biblical examples. Nehemiah, you can have plenty of living examples. Nehemiah was in one of the most lucrative jobs. It's like, it's like one of the top guns in the, uh, the palace, serving Prince Charles. He was a big gun. I mean, when you are working as a, maybe a confidant of the king, you know that all your problems are solved. Your financial problems solved. Your children himself, when he writes a letter, can you accept the child in this school? Even if your child is dumb, they will receive them in that school because, <laughs> because of that letter. Nehemiah was enjoying. But then he heard a story. Some people came from the church. They came from Medway CLM. They came from the church. And, they, and he asked them, how is the church doing? 
How is Jerusalem doing? Say, oh, it's not good. It's not good at all. Things are very bad. The walls are torn down. The people are suffering. He is enjoying, you know. If he had the spirit of entitlement, you know what you say? It's not my problem. It's their problem. Yeah, I'm enjoying it. Me and my family. It's their problem. You know what he did? He started fasting and praying, asking God, God, I want to go quit this job. I want to go and help those people there. That is why you're giving me this privilege, this influence to be close to the king so I can have access, influence, currency to make. He didn't live there like, a, like that's 99% of people live for themselves. They have no consciousness that whatever position you have, whatever skill you have, is for a reason and a cause. When God calls upon you, you should be ready to use that. So he said, I want to go and help rebuild the walls for Jerusalem. The city of God is in shame. The church is in shame. So God, me, I will devote myself to intercede two hours every day for Medway CLM, for the fire of God. To, that will be my job in this church. That's what I'm going to do, oh God. Yes. When you do that, you don't find fault and criticism and gossip because your heart is to see and move and the glory of God upon this place and upon this city here, the town here. And he did it. We can talk about Esther. She was, in the, she was a queen. She was chosen among all the beautiful men in the world. She was the one that was chosen. Why do you think God created her so beautiful? Because there was a need. <laughs> so when you are not that pretty, take it easy. <laughs> you know, some people are more beautiful than others. I know Nikki is more handsome than me, and so what? It doesn't matter. So don't worry. Don't worry about those things. <laughs> but there's a reason why God created Esther that way. Because God needed her to save her people. Yeah. Why did God create Hannah, the second wife of the gentleman? And she wasn't giving birth for so many years. God wanted a son to be born. That was so unique. That was so special. So God closed her womb for years. So she cried and prayed to the child that was born was a child of prayer, not a child of normal sex activity. God needed a body to bring himself in. So she found a woman called Mary. Mary was created to be a conduit. God said, I need a womb. And Mary is the one. That's why she was chosen. Everybody has a purpose. Can talk about Moses. Why were all the children being killed? Moses alone was not killed. When they saw Moses, the, 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 the Pharaoh's daughter, she could have said, hey, Daddy, I've seen some boy. They are hiding some boy. Yeah, come and finish him. But he couldn't because Moses was supposed to come and preserve the lives of the Israel. There is always a reason why you exist in this church and in this life. Everybody. Paul, even who was killing Christians, when Jesus met him, you know what he said? God, who separated me from my mother's womb? But before he was killing Christians, now he got to know why God separated him from said To call me as an apostle. A messenger of God to appear before kings and big men and for the people of the Gentiles. Yeah. You have a purpose, son. What's your name? Matthew. You have a purpose. Only God knows that. And every parent should be praying to find the purpose of their children. You know that? You should pray so you can help direct the child's life. Even if you don't know, raise the child up with values. 
And when the time comes, they will know what to do. Why we are raising children more interested in them going to Oxford and that kind of thing. There's nothing wrong with that. But that is not the main thing. Because they can go to Oxford and be derelict in life. Causing trouble, an intelligent criminal. You know, like what they said. We imprison petty thieves. Eh? But we elect the intelligent thieves into political power. You know? <laughs> To come and steal more money. I'm not mentioning some country's names. Because of time. Let me jump to the parable of the talents. And to show you and I that God, just like the parable of the fig tree, the unproductive tree, this parable is similar to that. I'm going to read it for you. It's a long passage, but it's important. Matthew chapter 25, I read from verses 14 to 30 from the Passion Translation. Again, heaven's kingdom, the kingdom of God, is like a wealthy man who went on a long journey and summoned all his trusted servants. Listen to this. His trusted servants and assigned his financial management to them. Before he left on his journey, he entrusted a bag of 5,000 gold coins to one of his servants, to another, a bag of 2,000 gold coins. And to a third, a bag of 1,000 gold coins. Listen to this. Each according to his what? Ability to manage. The gifts of God are according to what God has for you. This is very important. Because at times people are striving. You know this world where everybody is striving to be somebody else. Hello? It's not just women, but they were including men as well. Everybody is trying, you the young ones, why do you wear trousers that is at your, your bum here? Because you see others wear it. And you want to be like them. You the woman, you see Beyonce's hair. I want to Beyonce's hair, oh, Beyonce's hair, oh, 200 pounds, oh, go, mommy, go and buy, you see. <laughs> Am I lying? You run your life. You don't have the ability to be buying 300 pounds hair every other week. Said that it's a big, but you want to become like Beyonce, so you are taking loans to do that. It tells you don't know why you exist. A lot of people do that. They buy cars they can't afford and be paying their whole life, then they die. True or not true? Mortgage. You know what mortgage is? Death. Your whole life. Pay mortgage, pay mortgage, pay mortgage. When you die, your children come and just sell the house. <laughs> you see what you believe for? You see the vanity of your life because we have allowed Babylon, the spirit of the world, to come into the church and the Christians run their life according to the Babylonian spirit. Yeah, it's as simple as that. I'm telling you the truth. What I'm telling you, it applies to me as well. It applies to all of us. Even I, who is preaching it, I'll be judged even more harsher than you. I'm very much aware of that. And pastors, you take note, our judgment will be harsher, so our behavior is more, even more serious than the members we claim to lead. The one entrusted with 5,000 gold coins, immediately, so immediately, went out and traded with the money, and he doubled the investment. In the same way, the one who had 2,000 did the same thing. But the one, see, but the one who had one, <laughs> the one who had only one. 
by the way, it was a lot of money. With 1,000 gold coins, dug a hole in the ground and buried his master's money. After much time had passed, the master, look, all of us will settle on our accounts. The best one is to do it whilst you're on this earth, whilst we are alive. Because the one after, when we open the other page, it's finished. You can't do anything about it. We live our lives as if we will not give an account to God. And the son, you and I don't know when we will die. So you better make sure every day you are right with God. The amen should be strong. <laughs> we will give an account. Bible says we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ. And give an account what you have done in your body. All of us. Because I don't believe it. No problem. Don't believe it. When you die, you find out whether it is so or not so. And the one who has entrusted with 5,000, we all know the story because of time, has, I said, said, Master, I have doubled your money. Commending his servant, his master said, you have done well. Improving yourself to be my loyal, trustworthy servant. Because you have been a faithful steward to manage a small sum, now I will put you in charge of much more. You will experience the delight of your master who will say to you, enter into the joy of the... You've done well. You've proven yourself with perseverance. You are a trustworthy, loyal servant. You have produced what I gave to you. You have multiplied it. We know because of, the, because of time. The second one to the same thing. You have done well. You've proven yourself to, my, to be my loyal, trustworthy servant. Because you have been faithful to manage a small sum, now put you in charge of men. I want to stress the one who had one. Then the one who had been entrusted with 1,000 gold coins came to his master and said, I like that. The reason I like the, the Passion Translation, uh, it makes it a bit more juicy. He, he, when his time came to give an account, he said, Look, sir, I know that you are a hard man to please. As some people say, Pastor John, you are a hard man. Okay, no problem. You think me, I'm a, go and meet, when you meet, you say, You'll find out. I say, You will find out, it will shock you. You know that here, he's merciful and kind. When you meet him, you meet him also as what? Judge as well. It's even more serious. He said, he looked at his master and said, Master, Nikki, please, can I borrow you? Can you stand here? You are the master, I'm the servant. So I look at you. Look, sir, Nikki, I know you are a hard man to please. You are a shrewd and ruthless businessman who grows rich on the back of others. Look at what he told, he told the master. Then he makes, a, I was afraid of you. Because I know you are harsh and this, I was afraid of you. I told that we are all motivated by desire and fear. I was afraid. I was afraid that if I go and trade with this, and if I use it, I might lose it. And because you are harsh, you will, you will hang me. That is why I went and what? I hid it. So I went and hid your money, buried it in the ground. But here it is. Take it. Look at what the guy is telling. Take it. By the way, it will surprise a lot of us act the same way in our work with God. Take it. It's yours. What you gave me is now yours. But his master said to him, you are an untrustworthy and lazy servant. He didn't say you were a fornicator, even adulterer. You were a lazy servant. Are you lazy or not? Even the little thing they give you in church eh, to do, instead of coming on time, you are late. But when you are going to work, you are there on time. The one you are doing for Pharaoh, you are on time. But the one in church, God's house, you take it strolling easy. You don't do that to work. 
How is that honoring God? Am I helping somebody here? It's better I make you angry and help you than to lie to you. At times you see people, uh, when they are serving the Babylon, the boss, okay. <laughs> but when it comes to the house of God, there's no joy, there's no zest to serve. What a privilege and an honor. To worship means is to give your best to God. Your best to God, the King of kings and the Lord of lords. I saw some man, Christian, very excited, going to the coronation, excited, showing on Facebook. I said, you don't show that a son man coming to the house of the king of kings and the Lord of lords. I scatter from my face. I don't, I don't check for those things at all. Anything that Christ is not exalted to me, and it doesn't matter. It's what I call what? Sand castle. Just one wave. And I'm going to show you, thanks, Nikki. I'm going to show you in the next few minutes, this person who was unfruitful. And we all know what the master told him. A lot of people hide under the guise of certain things to make excuses so they don't work are not productive. The way the pastor spoke to me, so I won't come to church again. I won't play the keyboard again. It's gone quiet here now. I'm liberating you in Jesus' name. I'm setting you free. If you do that, you think you're accountable to the pastor. No, to God. When you meet God, you go and tell God that. You know what Pastor Mecca did? Is that right? Yeah? You think you can tell Jesus Christ that? <laughs> Let me see. The talent or the gift God gave to every person suited them according to grace. All of us have got different graces here. And by the way, don't try to be like T.D. Jakes. You the preachers. Because you are not T.D. Jakes. You are not Charles Stanley. Be who you are. You know, at times, it's better you don't pastor a big church because your ability cannot handle it. The ability God has given to you cannot handle it. So whatever God has given to you, handle it what? Very, very well. Some people want to preach. Everybody wants to preach. You are, if you are not called, please, don't start to preach. Just stay there. And do your work as unto the Lord. Because everybody is striving to be, everybody wants to be somebody else. Why? A lot of advertisement is for that purpose. They want everybody to be, buy what they are advertised. True or not true? If you're a Christian, you should be free from all those slavery mindsets. You should be free. It is only pride and insanity that led that person with one single gift to desire and envy the talents of others. Only, only pride and insanity will make a person decide, you haven't made me like Nikki. So God, A, B, C, D. That is, you should rather find out what God has made you to contribute to this world and just do it. It's better to be a pastor in a village and be faithful than to be a pastor in a city and fail miserably and be depressed and oppressed because I don't have the grace for a city church. Yes. I'm speaking the truth. If, by the way, teach your children this. Don't compare your children. They are different. 
with different giftings and different abilities. Just help them to fulfill whatever God has given to them individually. Don't compensate. You see how your brother is smart. You I don't know what's wrong with you. You got the coconut head. Don't speak like that to your children. You have no idea. Remember one thing she said, you, you, you. Let's leave now. The what the the two the first two, five and what, two talent. Okay, listen to me carefully. They felt a responsibility for their assignment to fulfill their mandate. Immediately, they, were, they just went out trading. They used it. But some of us, we sit on it. I'm waiting for a special day. For a special time. Then I will serve. So leave me alone. Now, as long as you are breathing, you are taking in God's air. You are supposed to do something to advance the kingdom of God. Your life is supposed to be a blessing to somebody. That's why we should teach our children to start it from home. And then when they go to school, teach them to do the same thing at school. Yes. So by the time they are grown up, it's part and parcel of them. You will see what they will achieve in life. Anywhere you put them on earth, they will succeed. Now, if you don't train them, but you just train them with maths and English. What I mean by maths and English, just academic work, you've not raised your children at all. Not that it's bad, but that is not the main thing. It's the values that you inculcate into them. So a few things about for you to be able to be fruitful. You must be diligent. You must be prompt. You must persevere. You must be ready to know that you have to give an account. The master comes and investigates what have you done, what have you done today. It's a privilege for me to be here talking to you. When I go home, I say, I need to say, Father, thank you for giving me the honor to teach you. I'm telling you, it's a big honor. Can you say at the end of every day, Father, I thank you, I went to work. And when I went to work, such and such and such and such. That my life at my workplace made a difference. But the third guy, say the third man, he did almost nothing. In fact, he was honest, but he was lazy. Ah. He was a very honest man. You gave me this, I'm giving it back to you. But he was a lazy person. He was unproductive. So your honesty is not sufficient. Your honesty that I'm honest to come to church is never sufficient. It is what you produce. What value do you add? to your family, to your church, to your community, and to your country. Like John F. Kennedy said, don't ask your country, what can my country do for me? Rather ask, what can I do for my country? That is what we are talking about. Because God created you not to live for yourself, but for others. Are you here? Because we're given, because of that, I want to jump so many and, said if, and see a few things. I'll come to the, to, the, to, the, to the one man again. The master said to the first to enter thou into the joy of the Lord. It means that there's a reward for all of us who serve God faithfully. Oh, there's a reward. And the reward you want is not OBE or MBE or knighthood from the uh, palace or from the president. You want the OBE of God. Paul said, I have fought the race. I have finished it, laid up in heaven. For me, it's a crown of righteousness, ready to receive it. You must fight. Bible says, don't fight for reefs that perishes, but fight for the eternal things. 
that is unperishable, that lasts forever. Like I said, the Babylon spirit make us fight for things that are very temporal, things that are transient. They receive the praise of the... I want to receive the praise of my master. When I die, God will in my heart, what I want to hear God is say, God, Jesus, I say, well done, John Dumpre, my good and faithful servant. Enter thou into the joy. That is all that me I want to hear. And whilst I'm on earth, I want to hear, this is my beloved son, John Dumpre, in whom I am well pleased. And to please God, then you do whatever he says. I was telling the guys at the tipping point, what you do is more important than what you pray. There's a lot more to do in the Bible than what you pray about. Jesus said, blessed are you when you know the truth and you do it. Yeah. Because at times we are praying useless prayers because we are not doing. Like myself, God says, love, what? Honor your husband, respect him, submit to him. Hmm? You are not doing, but you are being intercessed or praying six hours a day. You are wasting your time, please. God will tell, hey, 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 stop. Go and do what I have told you. Then you pray five minutes and things will happen. Oh, yes. Yes. In the Bible, there's more to do. A lot. Blessed are those who hear and do, not the what? The hearers only. And at times we try to excuse to use prayer in the place of obedience. Nothing can take the place of obedience. No. To obey is better than to hearken than the fat of rams. Mm. The third servant. I want to, because I told you it's a two-part message, but let me jump and see a few things and um, uh, we will pray. Listen to what one man of God said. It is the genius or the intelligence of wicked men to lay the blame of their miscarriages upon others and their unfruitfulness oftentimes upon God and blame others. You know that what he's trying to say that we have the intelligence to be able to blame others why we're unfruitful. You know, a lot of people do that. If I'm to ask, we don't give reasons why they are not serving in church. They are not giving me permission to preach or permission to play. Okay, find something and do. Be an usher. Come and sweep here. Oh, the amen is very powerful. Yeah. I get very excited when I see the young people, when I come to Medway, the way they are working there. Hmm? Because you go to the other place, all the children, they are doing nothing at all. By the way, it comes from home first before even the pastor. It's quiet here now. How I raise my children, they take you to church. So if your children are not doing anything, you yourself, eh, it means that you are what? Guilty. How you live. Oh, yes. I wish that time we would sit down for one day and just talk. And just get into the scriptures. And find the mind of God. And not be playing church. And then we die and we find out, whoa. Wasted life, wasted life. Years ago, there was a song like that. How foolish I have been. Wasted years. We can excuse the, the, the one with the one. He was excusing himself. He was saying, you were a hard man. You were a harsh man. And I didn't want to, what, take any risk. So what you have, I've given it back to you. No, Jesus said, you were a lazy person. You cannot use your excuse for whatever to be lazy, to be unfruitful. 
He seemed to have no idea how much he was displeasing his master. He seemed to have no clue at all. He thought, and that is a sad thing, I wish really I had time. He thought his understanding of God is what God will use to judge him. He had created, and a lot of us do that, we create God in our own image and think that God is human. And you behave the way I think. You better read the Bible and believe the Bible implicitly for your own good. So in his mind, he's created a God. All that he knows, that God is honest God. So if I give back to him what he gave me, that is okay. No. The master judge, he had no idea that you're a lazy person. You're very lazy. I will judge you for that laziness. Whatever God, I tell you, we don't let me just because of that. Whatever God has given to us is to use to help others. Beyond your family, you just happen to be born in a family, and out of that family, you're supposed to be trained to help the world. If you ask pastors, you know why God has called us to equip the saints for the work of their ministry and to bring everybody matured in Christ? That's why we are here, pastors. That's all. So we equip people to do the work of the ministry. But we have excuses. Everybody has an excuse why they are not giving their best to God. You know that. Pastor, you, you don't understand. By the time I come from work, I am so work, I don't have time to pray. <laughs> now you better change jobs for your own sake. Oh, yes. Because when you go and meet God, he doesn't care. Especially when your job is not advancing the kingdom of God. If it's advancing God's kingdom, that is your work. Because not everybody necessarily, necessarily can necessarily serve in church. Some people, your job is to go and make the millions and bring it here. I didn't get any amen. Those who say you are millionaires, that you should have said a big amen. Those of you who think you are millionaires, is to go and make the money, bring it here and say, Pastor, I've got some money. Do you want to buy any building? I've got two million set aside. That's business. You know, a lot of Christians who are wealthy, that's how they think. One of the greatest men, Methodist man. I read his book. I've forgotten his book. He had a French name. It's called Moving Mountains. Small book. You read it. It's quite old. You know what that man? God gave him ability to create tractors. You know those huge tractors, the caterpillars, big ties and big this. He was creating it and making lots of money. He said, God has created me and given me the wisdom to, so I can make money and expand the kingdom of God through the Methodist church. That's also that he was doing. So whenever the pastor needs anything, he doesn't come to the congregation. Nikki. Uh, we have need of a children's uh, new premises. It's cause, don't you ask? No problem, Pastor, how much is it? Three million, okay. Give me two months, I'll sort it out. That is all. And that is your work, you've done it. But where you have the million, you are just building big houses, opening houses, everybody come and see my house. All the things are flu- What is that for? Like they do a lot in Africa. They have big houses, everybody come, oh. <laughs> At the waste. I want to live for God. I want to die a good death. And the same must be your portion. Because after all, what has this world got to offer? What has it got to offer? You rather must offer the world something. You saw that clip. No tree lives for itself. The flower does not bear flower for itself. The river does not flow for itself. Nothing exists for itself. Even the birds, when they chirp, they chirp to wake us up. And we hear nice music and we have peace of mind. Even when you see the gardens and the beautiful, you know, landscapes, your mind is at peace. They were created to bring you peace. And you, what are you doing? 
Next time I come, you give me the opportunity. Let me finish this message. God, time is gone. Shall we stand? You want to talk to God. Where you think you've missed it, ask God for mercy. You know, that's one thing I like about God. Like the man said, give me one more year. Let me fertilize the thing. Thank God today you are alive. It means you have one more chance. Hallelujah. So us have had chance and chance and chance, and we haven't done it. It's opportunity for you and I. Everybody should think of themselves. Don't be thinking that word about that person, please. Because maybe you are a five-talent person. You are operating at one level. God wants you to take what? To operate fully at the five level. Talk to God. Father, we thank you. I pray for your precious people here. Everybody here, even the one in the womb here, Lord, has got a purpose and a destiny. You created us to be fruitful. You created us to be productive, so we'll bring honor and glory to your name. Father, I pray for everyone here that nobody will miss it. In the name of Jesus, cause everyone to be productive. Help us, Lord God. Don't let us hear the sentence of condemnation like the one with the one talent. We want to hear, well done, good, faithful servant. You have been faithful in little, so much will be given to you. And the Bible says, they that have, more will be given to them. And even those who have little, they don't use it. The little they have will be taken away from them. Say, Father, I am so sorry. I am so sorry. Help me, Lord. Help me, Lord. Help me, Father. Talk to God is so kind and so merciful. All you have to say is, Father, I'm sorry. And just apply yourself. God will give you the strength and the grace. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, we denounce slothfulness. We denounce laziness. We, Lord God, set ourselves free from that spirit. The spirit of excuses, Lord. Excuses, Lord. Deliver us. We want to be slaves of righteousness. Slaves to you, Lord. Help us even to raise our children that way, Lord. To impart to them, Lord God, destiny mindset, purpose mindset, Lord God. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Dear saints, Jesus did not reprove or condemn the man, the one talent man, for being a robber, a thief, a blasphemer, and an unbeliever, but for doing nothing, for not serving, for not being productive. That is why he was what judged. Not because he was uh, what a sinner doing crazy things, no, but because he wasn't productive. Ask God for grace to be productive. Be productive. Start from your home. Start in the church. Take it to your workplace. And then God may raise you to be influenced in the world somewhere. Maybe it's up to him. We thank you. We thank you. Oh, Father, let these truths be embedded in our hearts by your Holy Spirit. Help us have that consciousness that I'm alive because of somebody. I'm alive because of somebody. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name, amen. You may take your seat, amen. You know, since I learned this truth, when I wake up in the morning, I ask myself, how can I be a blessing to my wife and my children? That consciousness is there. My father, how do you want to use me to be a blessing to someone? Even in a phone call, I'm thinking more of others. By the way, the more you think of others, the more others God will send people to think of you because you also have needs. Somebody was created to meet that need. So just to balance it for your, for your sake. There's somebody... Hallelujah. As I said, I felt somebody must give somebody 100 pounds today, but somebody needs 100 pounds. Hallelujah. You have in your account. Go and give it to that person. Maybe God told me in the morning. So I'm just confirming it. <laughs> Hallelujah.